Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic evening? Oh, Dan, <laughs> I'm doing fantastic as well tonight. Thank you for asking, my friend. How are you? It's great to hear your laughter. You will be remembered. What is that all about? I certainly hope so. Uh, I, like hundreds of millions of people around the world today, uh, watched the funeral of Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, she was the longest reigning British monarch. She was the second longest reigning monarch in history, second only to Louis XIV in France. And the outpouring of affection for her was extraordinary. There were 500 different heads of state that were at Westminster Abbey to bid farewell. Uh, she seemed to be universally loved, and she was remembered with equal affection by people across the political spectrum. And I was reflecting on why, like, like why? Um, and and there's, there's so many reasons that were going through my head. And then I listened to the sermon of the Archbishop of Canterbury as he spoke. And he had that near impossible task of trying to sum up a, a life like that in five minutes. But he said something at the end of those five minutes that just struck me. And what he said was, if you lead a life that is dedicated to service, then you will be remembered. And if you lead a life that is dedicated to trying to hold on to power and prestige, people will forget you as soon as you are gone. And it tied in perfectly with a promise that she had made 21 year, uh, when she was 21 years old. She, she said, I promise that no matter how short or how long my life, that I will serve this nation and that my service will be first and foremost in my life. And as the archbishop said, she kept her promise. And the other image that just is seared into my mind before her coffin was lowered into the crypt at St. George's Chapel at Windsor, all the symbols of earthly power, the crown, scepter, the orb that were sitting on top her coffin were removed one by one and placed on the altar. And then her coffin was lowered into the ground, just draped simply in the flag and a wreath of flowers on top from Charles. And that was it. And it made the words of the archbishop so much more powerful because this is it, it's over. That coffin disappears from view, the crypt is sealed and she is out of sight, but she won't be out of mind because she touched so many people with her service during her life. 
And it, it just made me think about how often in my own life, I, I don't pay enough attention to, am I being of service? Is that, is that leading everything that I do? Am I leading with service, with contribution, with what I can give? And I'd say, without even regard for what I get, can I just be of service and trust that that's going to be enough? Not that I want to be remembered, but that if I could leave a legacy of something, and if I could be remembered for something, to be remembered for service would be an extraordinary thing. So the amazing timing of this topic happens to be that on Friday, and that is three days ago, I was at an awards dinner, a black tie event, and it was called the Service to the Citizen Awards. And um, a company invited me to join their table because a person that I interact with in business uh, was receiving one of the Service to the Citizen Awards. And I did not know what I thought of it going in, but listening um, to these people speak, um, I was almost like really amazed at people's dedication to others ahead of their own career ambitions. And one of the examples was, I think it was the VA hospitals. It was somebody representing them and saying that, paraphrasing the number of something like 70% of all doctors actively practicing in America uh, went through some sort of like VA medical program or something like that in the beginning. It's almost like going, uh, like getting your initial training. And they were talking about the number of people who stick with it. And, but they sacrifice literally, maybe per year, hundreds of thousands of dollars that they could make because their commitment is to serve, let's say in that case, veterans, right? And knowing that their service as a medical professional is to serve them over their own career ambitions. Like I could make so much more money if I just went to private practice or joined another practice. And it really struck me. I'm like, wow, I, you know, I recognize how I am so much driven by money. And um, if somebody asked me that question, you were just kind of questioning for yourself, Ken, would be like, do I want to be remembered or how do I want to be remembered? I think right now the answer would be I would sacrifice money over being remembered. It's almost like if it's a binary choice, like, okay, you either get more money or people remember you. What do you choose? I'd be like, I'll choose the more money. And um, so seeing those people, it made me realize how selfish that is, right? That really, since you can't take that money with you, now, obviously I can use it to help my family and provide a good life, but um, the accumulation of money should never be mine or anyone else's like pursuit. Really, that's, I think that is the, the thing about whether people remember you individually or not, to know that whatever you did last beyond you. Maybe you're remembered for how like you changed somebody's life or you provided some level of service and what you did in your job. Um, there's different ways to be remembered. And I really think um, there's something in marketing that says one is better than zero. And really to be remembered even by one person, if you change that one person's life, I think it's subjective, but is more important than to be remembered for some success in business. If you can change somebody's life, it's like that ability to pay it forward to me is a greater impact than just trying to make money. Years ago, I worked as a 
as a uh, emergency medical tech at a hospital. And I was there for, I think, about two years, two or three years. And on my last day, I was leaving um, the ER and I said goodbye to everyone. I went down to the med surge floor where I had taken multiple patients over the years to be admitted. And the charge nurse came over to me and said, we will always remember you and you will never know the true impact of what you have done. And I go back to that, not as a way to pat myself on the back, but as a solid reminder of what's possible in my life going forward. That was service for the sake of service. That was, you know, transferring a patient from a gurney to their hospital bed and doing so in a way that was respectful and was as gentle as I could possibly make it because, you know, hospital's scary, just is. And the fact that that nurse took the time out to say thank you um, has stuck with me and it, it calls me back to that kind of behavior. Um, and I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I know the closer I get to retirement, money is it's a big deal. You think about it, it's like, I want to have plenty to live on. I don't want to have to worry about anything. But when it becomes a dominating force in our lives, man, it just does damage. And so I'd, I'd rather put the focus somewhere else. And I, and I think that by doing that, the focus on service, with the focus on contribution, you can still make a good living. You can still do those things. But to have that be the focal point of one's life, it's crazy making. And, and you know, seeing, I, I just keep go back, going back to that image of the coffin being lowered into the ground, stripped of all symbols of wealth and power. And it was such a reminder. It is not about that. It's just not. She had a platform that she used wisely. She had a platform where she was able to be a focal point of unity uh, and to do countless good works for the many charities that she ran. Um, but the wealth itself wasn't the focal point. That was just the thing that gave her the place from which to speak, from which to act, and from which to be of service. So you've probably heard it before, but wealth magnifies, right? And um, the type of person that you've, I guess, shown yourself to be through your habits um, will be magnified when you have money. It doesn't have to be wealth, wealth, but when you have enough money, when your basic needs are met, and now you have extra time because of the luxury of having that money, it'll just magnify whatever you've shown yourself to be. So if you're a selfish person, you'll probably be more selfish. And if you're a more like giving person, you'll probably be more giving. And um, I was just trying to contemplate it because I do think that's why I'd answer the question, but I'm trying to challenge myself to not answer the question that way. And like to look at that inspiration I received from those people. And I was just kind of thinking through people who I have respect for, but sometimes I like have to check myself to be respectful beyond just like the normal courtesy. You know, how always it's like uh, if you're on a plane or you see somebody, you're like, thank you for your service, right? If it's a military person or something like that. But I was thinking, how often we overlook like first responders and my wife's a teacher and how often we overlook teachers. Like my wife makes, I'll say very little money as a teacher. And yet um, she chooses that as her career because she feels that's her calling. And she knows that that's 
her impact, how she'll be remembered. And she, it happens all the time. We went to a bagel shop uh, one Sunday after mass and it was the number of people, cause it happens to be really close to the school. She was started teaching at the number of people were like, Oh, these little kids hugging her and stuff. And then she may have had them five years ago. It doesn't matter, but they remember her as their kindergarten teacher. And whether she changed her life or not is irrelevant. The point is, is she's dedicating herself to doing something that she knows that she's good at even though she could make a lot more money just going into regular corporate America, but she's doing that. And I think a lot of times we overlook um, like the impact that those people are providing in their service. In addition to obviously the military, which deserve that respect and all the first responders that I think we oftentimes don't respect as much. Um, But for myself, I was thinking um, where I, I need to focus more. And I think I do a decent job at it is in coaching people who can't afford me right? Because consulting makes me the most money. I'll make by far the most money with a company that has a big bankroll and they can pay me X amount. Um, And sometimes I question like, do we even want to keep coaching people? Because it can be a hassle, right? And it's not as much money and it takes a similar amount of time often than a company just to work with a company directly. But that is where I know that I will be remembered, not because the company will come and go, right? They have different people that go through it. And like whether I affect their bottom line is not something to be like, wow, that's great. But an individual that I can coach and work with, um, that is a person who I think will look back with gratitude and be like, wow. And that's really giving of my talent. So I guess the listeners, I'd challenge you to say, if your basic needs are met, are you amplifying a person of service or are you amplifying a person of selfish, right? And if you have something beyond your primary gig, that you can give of yourself, whether that's volunteer work or a side gig, challenge yourself to not give up on that if you are even least impacting one person or one life in the process of doing it. I love the comment about teachers because my dad uh, was a school teacher, my mother-in-law was a school teacher, my husband was a school teacher. And you know, that profession just sort of runs in in the family. And it is absolutely one of service, and it's absolutely one that gets gets forgotten. You know, I think um, COVID amplified just how important teaching is. Um, and, and I hope that that attention remains for the kind of service that's provided. I was reflecting while you were talking about the coaching piece because, you know, the, yeah, a company with a big bankroll is a lot more profitable and the work's probably the same. But I thought back to, it's, it's an invitation that I started making, gosh, back in 2019. Uh, when something would conclude, I would say the contract has ended, but the relationship continues. And if you need me, reach out. It's just just reach out. There's no there's no extra fee, no extra charge. I've had three people do so um, to just connect for like an hour, um, once one or two times. Every one of them was filled with so much gratitude. For the fact that I took an hour out or two hours out to talk them through a particular challenge, to give them another lens through which to see things, um, to hold them accountable for something that they had promised to do but knew they had fallen short on, that the gratitude that came back made up a hundredfold for what I could have gotten paid for those five, six hours of time. And so to your point, I, I just want to echo that and challenge anybody listening to look at areas where you know, once your needs are taken care of, where can you contribute? Where can you be of service? Where can you take 
the gifts that you have and give something back to the benefit of others because the man, what you're going to get out of that is going to be so spectacular um, that you won't you won't miss the the dollars that you might have made from it. And and it's part of building a legacy. It's part of why people are going to remember you. And they, I, I just emphasize again, it's not so much about I want to be remembered. It's about I want to do something worth remembering. I think that's an incredibly important distinction. So what are you doing that is worth remembering? I talked about this on a prior podcast that I discovered a video that was over 30 years old of me interviewing my family. And so since the topic is about being remembered, one of the things I'm encouraging all of you to do is to make recordings, um, even if it's informal, even if it's just like a journal. Uh, the one thing I think everybody looks back on if there's a sense of regret is I wish I would have like interviewed my father or if, you know, depending on when they're alive, or I would have, you know, somebody I work with, maybe my boss or a mentor or a teacher or somebody, it's almost like, take the time if it's not you to go out and just say, Hey, I'd love to interview you and put it on tape. So that way you don't just have to have your memories in your head, which become fuzzy over time, but you have that thing to reflect back and look back on. I think it's an incredible gift. Like I was amazed and overjoyed. And so were all the people I shared it with to be able to say like, look at this, this is what we were like at that moment in time, 30 years ago. And so, um, give that gift to the people who love you, right? Like sit down and maybe like talk out some of your thoughts on life. Like maybe your life lessons that you want to be remembered for, or maybe some of your accomplishments or stories, things about your life, like record them. Part of the reason that we're doing a video recording in addition to audio is not that we expect a bunch of people to go look up the videos and watch them. Most people just listen to the audio, but it really, a lot of it to me is also that my family right? I'll, I'll be long gone, but maybe my great, great grandchildren will want to be like, oh, I have all these videos I can look back. And hopefully I'm spreading enough nice life lessons that they can see exactly what their late person was like, right? And so be remembered, not just a story about you or a fuzzy memory, but be remembered because you record it. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com. Mm-hmm.